0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride
2: or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume.
1: What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, three and out podcast. All I can say is what a game. What a Monday night football game. That felt like five, six all pro level players. Just throwing haymakers. What an ending. That that was sweet. We're going to dive into that off the top. Uh, a lot of other stuff. Cowboys-Patriots, the London games, the Raiders rallying together. Dan Campbell crushes Jared Goff. Some other things that happened over the weekend. And, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up into those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. Uh, also, if you could, leave a review I know it helps. Tell your friends. Share the podcast. I greatly appreciate everyone that shoots me DMs or when I meet someone out, it's really cool. So keep doing that. Grassroots. We started from the bottom. We're not at the top yet, but uh, just keep telling your friends, baby. Uh, I, I let's. There's so many things I want to get into with the football game. Let's start with the last play. Uh, what did Herm Edwards once famously say? You play to win the game. Uh, listen, I, I think sometimes the amount of people going for it around the league with average quarterbacks and shitty offenses drives me nuts. Kick field goals in certain situations. But when you have a top five quarterback in the league, and that's what Josh Allen is right now, you have easily one of the best offensive coordinators in Brian Dayball. You put the pedal to the metal and you go for the kill shot. And Sean McDermott, Josh Allen... Brian Dable, it did not work, but I love the decision. You go for the win. You play to win the game as as Herm would say. I think he's still saying it down at Arizona State. Might need to say it a little louder after they just got boat raced by Utah. But listen, it doesn't always work out, but that was the right call. That's what you do. You have a championship level mindset. You're trying to get over the hump. You're trying to win the AFC. A team like the Tennessee Titans, you're going to see potentially again. Uh, so, you know, those are the type teams you play in January. You don't play to tie and go to overtime. And Vrabel's done that a couple times. He's kicked field goals late in games, and he's won an he won an overtime game and he lost another one. That's what you do when you have the when you have the Jimmys and the Joes. And listen, in that play, fourth and one, you just run it up the gut. I like the play call. It just didn't work. He slipped. You know Simmons got got penetration up the middle, but I applaud Sean McDermott, who a defensive coach. You know, typically defensive coaches sometimes can be more conservative. Ie Rabel in that situation, but I, I like Sean McDermott's understanding coming into his own as really a big time head coach. He's got a great team. Uh, you know, road game, you go for the kill shot, and. My favorite position, I remember hearing this from Keith Williams, who's now on the Baltimore Ravens staff, Best, one of the best position coaches I've ever been around, best wide receiver coach I've ever been around. He's Devontae Adams' guy, trains Tyree Kill in the offseason, now working with all the Ravens guys. I think we we had a bunch of wide receivers, a couple of them played in the NFL, and Ryan Matthews was on our team at the time, and he was one of the best running backs in the country. And I remember Keith saying, and he, this guy loves wide receivers more than any human alive. <laughs> more than Jerry Rice, more than my this guy eats, breathes, and sleeves wide receivers, sleeps, wide receivers. And he's like, my favorite position is running backs. He's like, it's easily it encompasses the most, right? You gotta run inside, you gotta run outside, you have to block, and you have to catch. So you have to be tough, you have to be physical, you have to be skilled, you have to be just you gotta be the total package. It it it's really like it's like being a star middle linebacker. There's nothing you can't do to be that good. And listen, you know, probably the best running back of my adult life is Ladanian Tomlinson. I vividly remember Barry Sanders, but his teams were so bad. Emmitt was really good, but I, I would say Barry and NLT were better. I, Walter Payton, I've just seen clips, is before my time. Jim Brown kind of is like Babe Ruthian when it comes to football, obviously way before I was born. But what we're seeing out of Derrick Henry is just, this is an all-time great player. It, it's just unlike, especially in this modern day, when all the uh, analytical elites try to shit on running backs and say they have no value, Derrick Henry is changing the game. He's, he's, what's he on pace for? Probably another 2,000 yards. And he's unstoppable. And the thing that makes a great running back, whether it's 1975 or 2021 on Monday Night Football, when every single human being, 70,000 people, both coaching staffs, and every player on defense knows who's getting the ball. We are going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. And there is nothing you can do. And you know the best part about running in a zone scheme? You know, like uh, a musician, a painter, uh, anyone that's creative, there's an element of just artistry, Right. You get to be, just do your own thing. It's kind of instincts of whatever your craft is. And when you run in a power scheme, and that's typically like when you pull the guards, when you lead up with a fullback, the hole is designated. It's either behind the guard, behind the tackle. In a zone scheme, what Derrick Henry has thrived in, it's really kind of just, Derrick, you pick the hole. You pick the lane and just let it rip. You can cut back. You can go back through the center. You can go back through the guard. You can go outside the tackle. Wherever you see a little daylight, you feel it out. Like, there is there really much coaching what Derrick Henry is doing? And I, I said this a while back when he had the uh, sweet run against Seattle. What makes Derrick Henry so special is not that he's one of the biggest human beings we've ever seen at the position. It's his size. When you see a guy as big as him, and I went to Titans practice two or three years ago when I was in Nashville and went to OTAs, and he is massive. But what makes him so great is he's got incredible feet. He has incredible instincts through the hole. His ability to set defenders up, his spatial awareness is incredible. And then his top-end speed, because top-end speed for running backs is overrated. It is not a necessary attribute to be a great running back. But when you have it with all the other skills he possesses, you're unstoppable. And you saw tonight his patience, then his instincts, his feet, and then his top-end speed. He's an unstoppable force. And like I said, every single human in the stadium, on the field, and sitting on their couches watching that game goes, Derrick Henry's getting this ball. And every single time, he ends up scoring. And he ends up producing. It's I, I've never seen anything quite like it. I have nothing but, he's I mean, running back is my favorite position because of the way, once upon a time, my guy Keith described it. And I've always thought about that since. And I have so much respect. It is so hard. You're getting hit on every play. The violence that position encompasses for a skill position, like wide receivers, you know, it's not the same. And when we see A.J. Brown and Stephon Diggs, how talented these guys are. But their bodies, you know, they're not taking the constant pounding. And Derrick Henry is just... Everyone, like by this year, everyone knows he's getting the ball in every single game. 150, 180, 130, 190. It's like this, how does he do it? And it's cool to be a witness of this all-time great player, which let's face it, when he was coming out, I don't think most of us ever thought this guy would be this good. And then his career took a little while to get going. Then Arthur Smith, and I got to give Todd Downing, he's doing a good job. Now, if you call offense for the Titans, it's a pretty easy strategy. Hand it to 22, throw it to 2, throw it to 11. Hand it to 22, hand it to 22, throw it to 11. I mean, it's just, I, I, I might be able to function as the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. And then listen, we have given Mahomes so much credit and he's earned every bit of it. We call him like the modern day Favre. And he is one of the most remarkable athletes. I'd say if you're listening to this, you probably agree most of us have ever seen. He is a very, very fun player to watch. And we, we, we basically said like, this guy's going to be an all-time great player and he's headed that way. And he, I mean, he already is. But, like, Josh Allen, he has a very similar game. Like, to me, that play he made on third down that when he dove for the first down, like, that was Farvian. He made a throw earlier in the game, rolling to his right. Like Mahomes and like Favre, they are so physically gifted that they make impossible things look easy. He rolled out at the 40-yard line, and he threw a ball to Cole Beasley, who was, like, five or six yards Back in the end zone. So that's 45 yards. He threw the ball on a rope. And it got there in like two seconds. Now, most players, even guys like good players, like Cousins is playing well, Dak's playing well. Like, I don't know if they could do that that easily. They'd have to probably set their feet, stop, and throw it. Mahomes could do that. Herbert could do that. But it's on a short list of guys that could do that and make it look so easy. And then you see just... I don't want to say reckless, but how quick he is to do whatever it takes to get the extra yard, it's easy to see why he's a star quarterback. And he's a guy, and I saw Colin tweet this out, it's pretty nuts that this guy ended up at Wyoming. And I texted with a guy that's a recruiting coordinator for a Power 5 school. And he's like, I don't think people realize he grew a lot in junior college. When he was coming out of high school, he was six one. Look at him now, he looks like six five. So he grew in junior college. The other thing, when he was at JC, he was like 48% completion percentage. So he was a very, very inaccurate thrower. His growth and improvement as a player might be unprecedented. He went from the biggest project in NFL history to becoming an absolute superstar player. And you know the cool part about the NFL? Two best players on the field tonight, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry. One guy goes to Alabama in the peak of their powers, wins the Heisman Trophy, helps win a national championship. The other guy is from a town you've never heard of, has to go to Bakersfield Junior College, ends up at Wyoming. And they're both superstars now. They're both max players and two, I mean, Henry is the best running back. Josh, the top five quarterback. But it just shows you, it's, you know, one guy starts here, the other guy starts there. It's this great mix of all these players that come from different places. Right. And you just think about that game. That game was awesome. And the reason that game was awesome is because the sweet players, Diggs, Allen, A.J. Brown, Tannehill, Julio Jones before he got hurt, Derrick Henry, they're all making plays. That felt like the Pro Bowlers in that game were bringing it. And Nashville was bringing it. That was awesome. That was fun. That is the NFL. You know, and this was a rough week. There were a lot of blowouts over the weekend. Uh, because of buys, there weren't as many games. It, it wasn't a great Sunday, let's be real. Uh, but that game felt like it made up for everything in you a know, 60-minute ball game. FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every NFL game day. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet the same game parlay, bet three legs or more, and if you bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back. Up to $10. This Thursday night, Denver Browns, I like Teddy to throw a touchdown. I like Baker to throw a touchdown. And I like Melvin Gordon to rush for a touchdown. How about that parlay right there? FanDuel's easy to use. It's safe and secure. Easy payouts, as little as two hours. It's America's number one sportsbook. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. That's why I'm doing it. So lock in your bet on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, they're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that. Just sign up with promo code Colin. and if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back in site credit. That's promo code Colin. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FANDUEL.COM slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for con- confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee, Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. <laughs> Let's start with the Cowboys and Patriots. And I I watched the full game. I saw bits and pieces on the Red Zone on Sunday, but watched it Monday morning. And a couple massive takeaways. Let's start with the Patriots. One, for 20 years, let me repeat, for 20 years, they win that game. Zero questions asked, period, point blank. Brady, Belichick, they win the game. And a lot of people, I think, are questioning, like, what is going on with the Patriots? I don't think they're that different, but the the drop off. Mac Jones has been fine. He's a solid rookie quarterback, but the difference between him and Tom Brady is wide. Of course it is. Tom's the goat, and Mac Jones is in his fifth or sixth start of his career. There was a play on third down in overtime when I think they have a back shoulder play called. Not quite sure, and Mac just overthrows it, or they're just him and the wide receiver are not on the same page and they have to punt, and obviously the Cowboys drive. CeeDee Lamb walks it off. That doesn't happen if Tom's there. They complete that ball. Hell, they're probably not even in overtime. The Patriots' margin for error is now zero, when it used to be pretty wide, because of Tom. Just like Tampa, who is clearly much more talented than this Patriot team, but when you insert Tom as your quarterback, your margin for error is massive, because Belichick is still coaching his ass off, At home, they're going toe-to-toe with a rookie quarterback against Dallas and against Tampa. Pretty sure those two teams are a combined 10-2. and And Bill's right there, right? Walk off. I guess he misses the field goal uh, against Tampa, and then he loses in overtime to Dallas. Like, like he can't do much better. Now, they're a little sloppier than, I would say, the Brady days, right? They get a blocked punt. Uh, You know, Gilmore's not there, so their coverage isn't as great. But this is, they're just a normal NFL team. Forever, they were the greatest dynasty we ever saw, right? They didn't always win the Super Bowl, though they won six, and they went to nine, but they won that game. And now, they lose that game. You know who else loses that game? The majority of NFL teams, right? You can go 11 or 12 win team and lose that type game, right? They, they just don't have the horses. And he tried to buy them all offseason, which is something he never did. He never, ever operated like that. Everyone, you know, was always buying free agents. He pivoted. Really, I can think of one free agent that he paid top dollar for, and it worked in Gilmore. And then, of course, he punts, right? He trades him as he's in a contract year. But the Patriots are now humans. They're normal. And Belichick's still a really good coach. Everyone's like, what about Josh McDaniels? He's dealing with a rookie quarterback. I mean, his best wide receiver is Kendrick Bourne, who actually I like. I watched for years with the Niners. He's a good player. Pretty incredible that Eastern Washington, an FCS team, had Kendrick Bourne and Cooper Cup on the same offense. Like, those guys dominate. That's why they were always in the playoffs and making deep runs trying to win national championships. But the Patriots aren't quite as buttoned up. uh, A walk-off touchdown, but they have Jalen Mills guarding CeeDee Lamb. What do you think is going to happen? Right? His You know, normally, that would probably be Gilmore in years past. Now they're just kind of downgrading. But the punt block is like, you know, that doesn't quite feel... Like the Patriots. Now, is Bill, because several times yesterday he's punting the ball on, and listen, you know, the whole, the the all the rage in the NFL is to go for it on any fourth down. Uh, I don't even know why some teams have punters and kickers anymore because they hate kicking field goals and they hate punting. But there is a time and a place to punt, to let your, especially when your defense is playing well, or to kick field goals when you have a questionable offense. Like, I understand going for it on short yardage, if you one have a really good offensive coordinator or two have like a top 10 quarterback and a really good offense. I see a lot of teams doing this that have, you know, fucking no business going for some of these plays. Like just take the points, take a deep breath. Right. But that's not the way they're operating. For whatever reason, Belichick is going pretty conservative right now and kicking. And I think that goes back to his quarterback and he doesn't trust their offense to execute in some of these short, you know, yardage situations. Well, if you had Tom Freak and Brady, they would be going for it a lot more. And honestly, they probably wouldn't be in those positions because in three downs, they typically get 10 yards and they keep the sticks moving. And I, I think on the flip side, like, let's face it. Dallas right now might have had one of the sweetest for a team not drafting like top 10, right? Because when you draft top 10, you also draft top 10 in the second round. So if you're like, I had a sweet draft. Well, you draft 6th and 37th. Like, I, I hope you hit on some picks. But Dallas had the 17th pick. Yeah, the 17th pick, and then I think Diggs was like 51. So these were not like no-brainers. CeeDee Lamb kind of was because he fell to their laps. I think a lot of us thought he was going to go like top 10, top 12, and then when the Raiders took uh, Ruggs and then the Denver Broncos took Judy, he fell right to them. And a lot of people were like, take a DB, take a DB. Well, they got the best of both worlds. They took the best guy on the board, and then it looks like they got Deion Sanders 2.0. Those two guys are elite players immediately. Like watching that game, it is stupid how good CD Lamb is. You could, like I, Justin Jefferson statistically is a better player. And I think, you know, his body of work through two years, but he's getting to operate like a number one wide receiver where CD Lamb, Gallup's hurt right now, but last year had to deal with, you know, targets splitting with him and obviously Amari Cooper, who's kind of their one. But like CD Lamb's probably better than Amari. And Amari's damn good. Like Amari makes $20 million a year. You know, what I like to pay him, like, 16? Yeah, but, you know, it's part of the deal, right? Those two guys have changed the Cowboys. I mean, changed the Cowboys. Their offense right now, Zeke's clearly better. Pollard's an excellent backup. Amari's a baller. This Wilson kid, I don't know much about him, but he makes plays every game I watch. Jarwin's good. Uh, obviously, Dak's a stud. And CeeDee Lamb is turning into a star by the week. He was unguardable in that game. And then the plays Diggs makes every game. I mean, to have six straight interceptions, right, and have seven total and the pick six yesterday, his ball skills, I mean, we've been talking about him now for a couple weeks, it's just remarkable. The Patriots, that game for 20 years, but definitely like the last 10, Jason Garrett, the Cowboys lose and the Patriots win. And it flip-flopped. Like, that's how the Patriots would have won that game. But instead, the Cowboys now win that game. And you start going, well, are the Cowboys, we the NFC East is over. Like, they're the NFC champs, right? There's a hat and t-shirt game. Coaches always say that. You could just give them their hats and t-shirts, like, next week. I don't even know who they play next. But, like, whenever they win next, just give them the hat and the t-shirt. Because the, the Giants, the football team, the, the the Birds, like, the division's over. Now the question is, where are the Cowboys going to be seated? Can they get the one seat? Obviously, you know, Tampa beat them straight up, but who knows, right? Could the Cowboys get... uh I know Dak has a little calf injury now, but could they win 15 games? Probably not. But 14 and three, I think is pretty realistic. I mean, that team, they're good. They're really, really good. And they are, they're a powerhouse. (laughs) You know, they have the difference of the Patriots and the Cowboys. Like I said, Patriots have no margin for error. Cowboys have a ton because they have so many playmakers on offense. So even if they get down a couple touchdowns, no big deal. Patriots get down a couple touchdowns. It's over. It's like playing an option offense in college. You know, like Army or Navy, whenever they're playing a team, and it's, you you look at the score on the ticker, and it's like a seventeen to three. You're like, oh, they're screwed. They can't throw, right? The Patriots just don't have an explosive offense. If they're going to drive, I know they hit the big play to Kendrick Bourne, but for the most part, like, it's going to be a meticulous drive it down the field, right? And that's the Cowboys can go like three plays and gain eighty yards. Uh, the other thing that really stood out to me yesterday, I've noticed this the last couple of weeks, I have yet to watch a snap live of any of these London games. You know when you're young at a company, right? I remember when I first got hired at Fresno State and then with the Eagles, my first year both places, any of the most mundane, dumbest projects, they'd be like, oh, have Middlecoff do it, right? Whenever you're the the intern or the lowest guy in the totem pole, whatever a project for the people you're working for that obviously they don't want to touch, even if it's kind of important, but they just don't have the time, they're like, oh, he can handle it, right? And anyone listening to this, You know, your company, it's like, even if it's like a revenue-generating possibility, you you just like, well, let's wait and see if this is worth it. Let's put the interns on it. Let's put Billy and Joe, the 25-year-old guys that just graduated college on that project. Then if it turns out to something, we'll also get involved. I feel like that's what the NFL's doing with these London games. Like, when they're discussing the schedule, does it ever cross their mind? Like, you think we should send, like, Tom Brady or the Cowboys or... You know, maybe Russell Wilson or like the 49ers over to London. They're like, no, just send the Falcons, the Jets, the Jags. Uh, I know Miami won 10 games, but they'll probably suck because they typically are not that good. Send them, you know, the Texans around. I mean, can you imagine the product we are sending over to London? I feel bad for these people. I mean, I, I get enough DMs from different people that live across the pond that I they, they'd say, hey, listen, I live over here. You know, the league's gaining a little steam. But we send them the worst possible product. We sent Urban Meyer, who leads the league right now in bad body language. I mean, his body language and the way he carries himself for a head coach is atrocious. If you have a chance, look at the video the Jags tweeted out about his like post games. I don't know if they tweeted out. I think I was watching it during like uh, the afternoon games. You know, sometimes it, halftime hits and they go to like Terry and Jimmy or the CBS guys and they kind of rattle through games and they show a couple highlights here and there. And they go to the locker room after the game. And Urban's talking to the team. And I was like, I don't know if these guys are feeling it. And then one of the players grabs the game ball. And I'm like, oh, they're going to give the game ball to their coach for his first career win in the NFL. And the dude goes, you know, this guy's going to have a long career. He's going to win a lot of games. I'm like, damn, they're giving this game ball to Urban Meyer. And then he's like, Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, he's giving it to Trevor Lawrence. But Miami, Jags, Atlanta, the Jets... I talk about football for a living. It's how I feed my unborn children. And I have yet to watch one single Snap Live. And I would imagine a lot of people listening... Now, it's one thing, you know, depending on where you live. You know, for me, the game's over by 9.30. And if I'm doing stuff in the morning, I I, I don't typically really lock into football until 10 a.m. Now, if you live on the East Coast, I get it 1. That game, you know, 11, 12. I could see it being on in the background. But the product we're sending to... Uh, to the UK is pretty laughable. Now, maybe the league just realizes it doesn't truly matter because in theory, that game was like tight, came down to a game-winning field goal. Everyone's shitting on Brian Flores and his coaching. And listen, that that might be true. (laughs) Uh, I I just think their team's not that good. Uh, They got very, very overinflated last year. They won a ton of tight games because of special teams and defense. Typically, in 2021, you need good quarterback play. And let's face it, too, was just a guy. Uh, it's gonna be, it's hard to shake. It, it really is. I, I watched some of the Chargers Baltimore game, and I know the Chargers got. Listen, they got ransacked. They got destroyed, and that's bound to happen. But that I, it's it, it'd be hard to look at your boss, and this is the hard part about being a GM. Is like ultimately when you draft a player, you know, at the time everyone's really excited. You've never seen a draft day video right in the draft in the war room everyone in their suit and ties everyone high fives 32 straight picks everyone's high-fiving you never miss on draft day but you know as things age 18 24 36 months later looks a lot different not a soul in the if the Washington football team could get a do-over because I think Joe Burrow probably still goes one but there is no chance on God's green earth Herbert makes it past the football team and to uh uh, would he be a lock to go in the first round? I don't think he would. And ultimately, that's the bed that Miami has to lay in because that was the decision they made. And to me, they're just, they're one in five. They don't have a first round pick. I mean, they have the 49ers first round pick, but they gave theirs to the Eagles. Uh, could help change the Eagles' future, depending, you know, they can use some of these picks to get a quarterback. But I, I, I truly feel bad for some of these uh, these London, or I think that's where they, all the games are, London. I, I've actually never been to the UK. Spent some time in Spain and in Italy, but, uh, God, we, we are just, we're sending them a pretty crappy product. <laughs> okay, let's discuss Dan Campbell. And when I think about Dan Campbell, I, I didn't know about him as a player until he coached. And he, remember, when Philbin was fired, he became the interim for the Miami Dolphins. That was the first time I had ever learned about Dan Campbell. He didn't play, you know, he played for the Giants, Cowboys, Lions, and Saints from 99 to 09. So I wasn't super locked in to uh, backup tight ends uh, in the 2000s. I was busy busy getting drunk at, in college. But like, once you learn about him and you kind of read his story, backup type guy, even though he's drafted in the third round, kind of a grunt, a grinder. And I've been saying this for a while. I think the initial video that went out of him biting kneecaps, if you really watched him, he actually is pretty well spoken. Like He's not... When I think meathead, I think Jim Tom Sula. When I think Dan Campbell, I think pretty smart guy. Uh, Sean Payton didn't make him as assistant head coach for nothing. Like, I think Dan Campbell's an impressive guy. Now, is he going to be a great head coach? Hell, is he going to be a good head coach? He has a long way to go. But yesterday, they got curb stomped. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow got pulled in that game in like the second half because they were killing him. And Dan Campbell, this offseason, they made a big trade with Matt Stafford. They're, they're only possible asset to really kind of recoup and start a rebuild and they did good they got multiple first round picks now the problem was the moment they got those two first round picks he went to the rams a team that you know i think best case scenario for them is they lose in the first round but you know they're you know it depends they got a long way to go they've already lost the cardinals cardinals haven't lost yet but they they could still win the you know the nfc west uh, so they technically could host a first round playoff game. But, you know, if, right now they would be on the road and it, it would be hard. Like playoff games are tough. You know, if you're a wild card team, it's a coin flip, even though depending on their opponent, who knows, maybe they'd be favored. Uh, and I guess they could be Packers, Tampa, Dallas, Arizona, whoever they play. It's going to it's going to be tough. But that those picks more than likely the next couple of years are going to be in the Early 20s at best, more than likely somewhere between like 25 and 32. Who knows? I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. The Rams win the championship. So they're going to have their picks really high and then multiple picks in the 20s, which are a big deal. It can help you make trades. Maybe in a year you trade one of those picks for a good player. You have options. And that's the key when you're rebuilding. You want to have options. That's what's so hard about the Texans. They didn't have any picks and they sucked. It's just, you see what's going on. It's just a disaster. I mean, it's... It's complete football embarrassment. But they, they didn't really have any choice. It's not on, you know, Casario. A little bit on uh, the bald preacher, but this is not about the Texans. It's about Dan Campbell. And yesterday, he was asked in the press conference, Jared Goff, who's has not very good. I mean, if Jared Goff was a free agent this offseason, you know, I I would guess he would make somewhere between 5 to $8 million as a backup. He makes $35 million. And when you're Dan Campbell... And when you have the mindset of, one, just being an assistant coach, working your way up, and then as a player, the way you made it was being given everything you had, getting every ounce of talent you had out of your body. And you see this quarterback, like one knock on him with the Rams was, you know, he's not a bad guy. Everyone likes him, but he's just kind of bleh, meh. I'm not even talking about a skill set, which is very average. I'm just talking, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a big leader. I don't think the people with the Rams thought he was the hardest worker, though he's not lazy, but he's just... Meh. When you think of the other guys making huge money, for example, Dak Prescott. When you watch Dak Prescott, watching that Patriot game, it's like, God, I want to... I want. I wish Dak Prescott was my quarterback. This guy's a badass. Every ounce of talent Dak Prescott has because he's much more athletic than Goff, but like Jared, he does not have a great arm. And the work ethic, the character stuff, those guys swear by that human being. Yet McVeigh and Les Snead dropped Goff like a bad habit. And Dan Campbell, five to six games in, they did not expect to win. But I think he kind of sees this guy and he basically said it like, Jared Goff has to step it up. And he said he has to make better throws. That's not really possible. His game is his game. What I think if you read between the lines, what he's saying is like, this guy needs to bring more to the table. We're paying him $35 million and he just brings nothing for us. No leadership. No, no oomph. No nothing. Monday through Sunday. It's not even just about these eggs he's laying on Sunday. It's just, what are we getting out of this? He clearly doesn't want to be there. And in fairness to Jared, he didn't sign up to play with Detroit. But that's pro sports. Guys get traded. You know, part of the deal. It's why you, as uh, Don Draper said, that's what the money's for. When he signed that historic deal. But it feels like Dan Campbell's already out on him. The problem is... This is not a good quarterback draft. They're probably not going to draft a quarterback. They don't have any quarterback options. He's kind of stuck with Jared Goff. And it's a different scenario because the Rams were trying to win a Super Bowl. The Lions are just trying to win a game. But like McVay, McVay couldn't stand the guy. He can say whatever he wants, but we've never seen a head coach who was having success consistently openly criticize his starting quarterback. He started a guy in the playoff game Jared was hurt, but it was clear they wanted no part of of Jared Goff anymore. For a guy named John Walford, and again, I do this for a living. I swear I had never heard of him before like week 17 or, you know, I I think he played a little bit the week before the playoff game, but we started hearing his name late in the season. And then the Peter Schragers and those type guys in the world, like I'm telling you the Rams really like this kid, and you're like, oh, they are out on Goff. Dan Campbell, you know, it's not even Halloween. He's out on the guy. And I do think it's human nature, right? When you have a job or have worked in a business, it's one thing when you're really young and you're not making that much money, you know, 50 grand, and you see people, you're like, God, that guy makes a couple hundred thousand. God, that guy makes 500,000. That guy's terrible. And that's just our natural reaction when we're in our 20s. But as you age, and hopefully you make a little bit more money, there are people that you work with, and every industry is different. Obviously, the NFL has super high-paid employees, But they also have lower, you know, some coaches on the staff make 60, 70, 80 grand. Same with the scouts that you start going, God, this guy makes that much. I hear it a lot with uh, like assistant coaches. I say it all the time. The NFL has turned into Wall Street. Like if you're an offensive line coach in the NFL, you make like $1.5 million. If you're a good position coach, you can make anywhere between six to $900,000. How many people you know that are employees, zero ownership, zero equity that just make $900,000. And they're not like the head guy. They're not a decision maker. They're just a role player in the company. That's what assistant coaches are. Now, clearly some of them are worth it, but a lot of them are stealing. And a lot of guys, like if you're the worst offensive line coach in the league, you're still making a ton of money because they're going right for offensive line coaches. So Dan Campbell, you work your way up. You don't make that much money. And you see this guy making $35 million who is just kind of lifeless. And to me, Jared Goff, the way I would describe him, when you watch a baseball team and they get like one hit, Right? If you just watch a 3-hour baseball game and the team has one hit, you go, "God, that team didn't try at all. They looked just they didn't want to be there." Right? It, it's it's a tough watch. It can be these guys don't even care. But in baseball sometimes you just you just can't hit, right? And you, when you don't hit in baseball, it looks like you don't give a shit. Especially if, you know, the starting pitcher, I guess nowadays that he comes out for 5 innings, but you know, there's like 14, 15 strikeouts in the game. Maybe only one walk. You barely get anyone on base. You're like, did they even care today? I saw also the Red Sox were at the Patriot game yesterday, and they were all drinking. You have to appreciate the culture of baseball. You are between games in the ALCS. All these guys are drinking, and I I looked at the picture. I'm like, I don't even think this is weird. It's just the nature of the sport. Like that would not happen in, in football, but it's completely different. Like I, you go to baseball game, you go to playoff baseball games, you can bullshit with players. On the field, I've been lucky enough to have passes and stuff over the years with the Giants when they were making. You can just like talk to like Hunter Pence or Buster Posey in pre-game warm ups. Like in football, you don't talk to anybody on game day. Uh, so it's, it's a different culture, but I, I feel like that's kind of Jared Goff. He just feels like, I'm just kind of here. And that's hard when you're paying him that much money. Though, anyone will tell you, just because you pay a guy a lot of money, it doesn't change. And the Lions didn't do this, they just inherited the, the contract, which they had to do to get the picks. <laughs> Another thing that happened on Sunday, which was impressive, and I also think it speaks to younger guys. Like, the the Raiders, the situation was insane. To a coach on a 10-year contract, nobody, hell, including Belichick, probably had more job security, in theory. <laughs> and then some emails come out, and he's fired. He made it three years, five games, on a 10-year contract. Think about that. I mean, I know you have, if you're listening to this, and you we all thought about Gruden, but that... Like, it, just looking back, that's nuts. We are, basically, I'm recording this on Monday. A week away from that happening on Monday Night Football, that was wild. He, he didn't make it to halftime of the Monday night game last week, the Ravens and the Colts. And I, I think sometimes we overrate. You know, in the NFL, for the most part, free agency you do choose, but all these guys drafted, Max Crosby, you know, Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, a large percentage of your team are just going to be guys that you sign as an undrafted free agent or, you know, uh, you draft them, right? And I you can say as an undrafted free agent, you can kind of pick and choose, but you don't really have that many options. You're just picking random teams. You don't really know. You you don't, like most of us human beings at 23, 24, 25, if we're going to go work for somebody, now, even if we don't have that many options, we are actively choosing to go work for them. As an NFL player, you know, some hell, even as a free agent, you may only have two people offering you money. It's not like you typically have Most people aren't like Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa or Jalen Ramsey. If they hit free agency, they'd have 15 people offering them contracts. The majority of players have a couple teams offering what they think they're worth. So yeah, they choose that team, but it's more just the nature of the sport where they have to end up going there because financially, they would be doing their family and themselves a disservice. So all these guys on all these NFL teams, for the most part, like they probably like their coach or a position coach but I think we believe they're a little more emotionally invested. Now it was tough, like obviously for the Raiders, Darren Waller is one of, Vic Fangio called him a top 10 player in the league. And Vic Fangio is an old school defensive kind of curmudgeon. So for him to say that, he doesn't give much praise. That's that's impressive. That's that's a high praise from a guy that doesn't give it out very easily. But as he didn't have that many options. He was a recovering drug addict. And Gruden, you know, offered him an opportunity and then he made the most of it but I think a lot of guys on the team are like whatever just move on Wednesday's Wednesday start getting ready for the game it's actually probably less in the force of his personality hell it might be easier and they have a guy in Rich Piscaccia I'm probably screwing up that name who's been in the league for 20 plus years he did a good job he's also inheriting a team that's pretty good and then you saw what the Broncos like let's face it we talk about it all the time and then we're surprised I had money on the game yesterday, and my logic was Derek Carr is dramatically better than Teddy Bridgewater. Honestly, the gap, it's not even close. I mean, they're in completely different universes as players. It, it's a quarterback league. Like other things matter playing defense matters, special teams matters, running the ball matters, you know, situationally depending on the game. But if your quarterback is, you know, a B plus and the other team's quarterback is a C, minus, you will feel pretty good most games betting on the quarterback that is way better than the other guy. And that's what you saw. Like, the Broncos have a lot of good players. The Raiders, you know, they were 3-2 and two for a reason. They have, Henry Ruggs can play. Darren Wallers is elite. Max Crosby is turning, I had a buddy in the league, I'm like, who would you compare him to? He's like, you know, you kind of compared him to Jared Allen. Remember the Chief who went to Minnesota? He's long, he plays hard, he's just good. Uh, and they just have talent. And then their quarterback, you know, is probably a top 10-ish guy in the league. So most teams that fire their coach are a disaster, right? Most, in college, you're lucky, right? USC, LSU become available. Those jobs, if you're good, you can hit the ground running. If I told you Urban Meyer quit Jacksonville and went to LSU next year, you'd be like, yeah, they could win 11 games, right? But most teams in the NFL, it's like the Lions, right? The Jags, the Texans, like those are the jobs that become available. The Chargers was pretty unique even last year. It's like, they got Herbert, they got Keenan Allen, they got Joey Bosa, they got Derwin James. That, that was a really good job. Clearly, it was the best job on the open market. By a wide... Look at the Eagles, right? He had Jalen Hurts was their starting quarterback. And the crazy part is, at the time they made the move, it was like an upgrade over Carson Wentz, even though Carson Wentz is playing well right now. But it was impressive. And I, I think sometimes we underestimate the resiliency of younger people. As we get older, I know I become more emotional about stuff. You you use all your experiences in life to think back on stuff. But when you're 23 years old, when you're 26 years old, when you're 29 years old, you don't even know what you don't even know. You're not even thinking about it. I think about things now at 37 years old that never in a million years would have crossed my mind at 26. Not in a million years. And I think about things every day now that wouldn't have crossed my mind 10 years ago. And I'm sure in 10 more years, that number will only grow. So sometimes when you're young, Having youth on your side in the NFL, just naturally, you're gonna have a lot of guys on your team that are under 26, 27 years old. They pivot; they can change pretty quick. Now, you have to have talent to compete in the NFL, and the Raiders do, starting with their quarterback. So I, you know, I think they're a playoff team. You know, and ultimately, the reason Denver will not be a playoff team is not because Vic Fangio's some idiot. Uh, he was the highest-paid defensive coordinator when they when they made him their head coach. Now, is he a great head coach? I don't know. But look at who his quarterbacks have been. Would Belichick, would Andy Reid, would all these coaches, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, win a lot of games with Teddy Bridgewater? They would not. Like, I'm watching, and I root for Teddy. He's he's a high-character guy. Everything he's overcome with his knee injury in Minnesota, he's a great story for the league. I think he's the best backup in the NFL. But when I watch him start, he overthrows basic layup throws. He overthrows touchdown passes. They had scheme guys wide open, and he couldn't hit them. Now, you could say that's a bad game for Teddy. It feels like he's had a couple of those in a row. The longer backups have to start, the more they get exposed. You could, Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa could miss a game, and you could put their backup in for one game. If they're just going to miss one game, and you might not feel a difference. But if that guy misses half the season, Jalen Ramsey's replacement, whoever, let alone a quarterback, you feel it more week in, week out. And the more games that Teddy starts, you saw it last year in Carolina, the more he gets exposed with his physical limitations. Doesn't have a strong arm, and his accuracy in big spots can be hit or miss. Where Derek is much more talented, and now he's you know, becoming comfortable with uh, Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs is healthy. They're just, they're, they're pretty, they got a lot of talent on their team. Uh, and just wanted to fire around the NFL a little bit. It, the Vikings' offense is really good. I mean, Cousins is having a fantastic season. Jefferson's a star. Him and CeeDee Lamb are just ballers. Thielen's really good, and their running backs are good. Now, their defensive backs, for for having a defensive coach in Mike Zimmer, they allowed Carolina to go right down the field to force that thing to overtime, and they needed two points, too. I didn't like uh, when they scored late in the game. I would have gone for two to make it a nine-point game. That, that, that's, that's middle cough analytics. I would be like, I would much rather have it a nine point game, worst case seven, and they'll just kick the field goal. Like they're not going to go for two points, I wouldn't think. So I thought that was a little bit of a mistake, but God, the Vikings just cannot cover me or you. If they had a solid defense, they would probably be like five and one. The crazy thing is, if you could put the Vikings defense of like 2016 and 2017 with this version of their offense, they'd be one of the better teams in the league. But their defense, their pass defense, is atrocious. Uh, the Packers are just cruising. Watched a lot of that game on Sunday. It just felt like I wouldn't say going through the motions, but they were in cruise control. They were never a threat to lose that game. Obviously, the thing that went viral was Aaron saying, I own you, which when you do have ownage over someone, you're allowed to tell them. Um, and he does own the Bears. I, you know, I, I don't know the exact number. I thought I heard 21 and four but he dominates the bears and even bears fans know it. And there's nothing you can do. I I, I do think it's easy to hold your head high when someone owns you. And it's like one of the best players of all time. Like it, it would suck. if like, you know, Jared Goff owns me. Right. Or some like Joe Blanton owns me. But if you're like, you know, I never had a hit off Greg Maddox. I, I faced him for 10 straight years. You know, like we beat Aaron Rodgers one time in a decade. It's like, it's not the worst thing. in the world. You know, we couldn't, couldn't beat Michael Jordan. You know, I, I went toe to toe with Tiger Woods five times. He beat me every time. But it's one thing to, if you like, uh, you know, playing some random Joe schmo, and that guy always beats you. It's like God, maybe you're just not that good. And I'm not saying this Bears team is great, but like I, you didn't think the Packers were going to beat them. Um, the Giants, what a lifeless franchise. I, I mean, seriously. And listen, I've been, uh, I was critical of some of Joe Judge's tactics of making people run, and you know, people his de- his defenders would always be like, you know, the players love them. The narratives around Joe Judge are not what they feel like him uh, around the building. The end of the day in the sport of football, in really any sport, but in the NFL, because you only play so many games, you're just judged on Sundays. So whether the guys like you, whether they don't like you, whether you're hard ass or whether you're a player's coach, whether you're an offense or whether you're a defensive guy, it kind of all goes out the window on Sunday. Like, is your team good? Do you guys win games? And they don't. I mean, they they might be a two-win team this year. And is it all his fault? Of course not. The GM's not very good. Uh, Daniel Jones is just a guy, even though he was playing much better before he got the concussion, obviously Saquon can't stay healthy. You know, it's kind of unlucky he rolled his ankle. But one in five, like, I I don't care, you know, what the excuse is, your team's just not very good. And and they got, obviously, the Rams are in a completely different league than them. But to get boat raced when you're super terrible, like, how's it going to get any better? Uh, So I... I don't know, man. I, I don't know what John Maher does. I think though, when you win two or three games, Joe Judge, they're, they're paying him a lot of money, but I, I do think it's a tough spot. You go, well, we're gonna let the Joe Judge influence our general manager hiring. So everyone's just, well, fire uh fire Gettleman. Okay, well then does John Mar just hire a GM, kind of like the the Broncos did, and then you just let him decide, give him a year. You know, I think they did that with Man they do, they do that. They're doing that with Vic Fangio, but that's always kind of weird. I, I I think the easiest way is, if you truly have any questions, you just go nuclear and you fire everyone in the building, and you just start from scratch. And then you interview coaches, you interview general managers, and you just find the right guy. Because anytime your team sucks and then you get out of whack with the coach and the GM, it's not like Joe has only been there one year now, right? This is he's has he's, by this the end of this season. You have two years of evidence. his team's going backwards. You'd be like, "Well, just fire Jason Garrett, fire this guy." It's like, "Well, maybe it's the head coach." Carson Wentz is playing well. He played well last week in the loss to the Ravens. Played well again. And the Texans are terrible, and I mean they're really bad. But I saw Field Yates tweeted out. He only has one interception this year. I think a big knock on him the last couple of years in Philly was he was a turnover machine. He made just some just atrocious plays, and he's just playing better. You know, he's a guy that, you know, listen, is he ever going to be the superstar that we once, that I know I did have envisioned? Probably not. But can he be a solid NFL quarterback, and can the Colts, like, win games with him? I I think it's possible. Uh, They are paying him a lot of money, though, but it's a big game, actually, this Sunday night, Eagles, not the Eagles, but Colts, Niners, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a loser goes home, but, I mean, if the Niners lose and they go... I guess they would be two and four. That would be problems. And if the Colts were to lose and they'd be two and five, that'd be bye-bye on the season. The Washington football team and the Sean Taylor situation was just, I saw a lot of people tweeting about it last minute. They put the party by the porta-potties. Like, we know what it was. We know exactly why they did that. Like, it's obvious. The emails came out. They they went after John Gruden. I saw Locke and Forrest say that Mark Davis is furious because he feels like he gets his organization gets treated like a second-class citizen, and it's true. Like, Mark, they want you out. They want you gone. They do not care about you or your feelings. Would they have done that to Jerry Jones? Would they have done that to Robert Kraft? Would they have done that to John Mara? Of course not. Under no circumstances would they have done that. And for whatever reason, they kind of, you know, it feels like circumvented throwing Dan Snyder under the bus, which they clearly don't like as well. Weird deal. The difference is Dan Snyder is very petty, and he's smart, and he has money, like he'd attack. You know, you just kind of, you don't want him attacking you. You know Mark Davis will just, you know, it's kind of sad, but he'll just kind of not say anything, right? He'll just publicly, he'll be mad, but he won't say anything publicly. Dan Snyder's liable to do who knows what. And they pulled the Sean Taylor thing out of their ass, it feels like, and it was just a joke, and, you know, I mean, what what'd you expect? I mean, it's clear what they did. I don't, why is anyone shocked? It's obvious why they did this. You don't all of a sudden throw Sean Taylor out of nowhere like they did. It's clear. And their team's awful. Like, they're not very good. Watching that game this morning, Mahomes even made some weird plays. He had one pick that was, <laughs> kind of looked like a Geno Smith, Daniel Jones special. But then he flips it on the second half, and they just killed him, um, as they should. I mean, the, the Chiefs. As long as you got Patrick Mahomes, you got a chance to win every week. And, you know, the Heineke and the Washington football team just doesn't have much talent.
0: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
2: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride.
1: Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. wouldn't have been my first choice but because I was 16 had no money I didn't have a choice I took it and then I personalized it I tinted those windows I put in multiple 12 inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town and I turned that thing into something at first that I was like I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16 can't hard to complain one of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts, for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
2: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many
1: kids at 16, I got a uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16, and had no money, I didn't have a choice. I took it, and then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back, so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16, can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply when you're an American Express
3: platinum card member don't be surprised if you say things like chef what course are we on I've
1: lost count
2: or shoot that shoot that And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
3: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Uh, You guys know the drill. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You just slide up in those direct messages. And you get answered here on the show. Like my guy Joshua here. Joshua. Uh, Do you think Wentz has proved himself so far this season? What do you think he needs to improve on? I didn't think he looked that good early. Now, I had a bunch of Colts fans that hit me up and like, you know, you're being too hard on him. He's not the problem. I do think he's played better. That Baltimore game was really good. That's the best game he's played given the opponent, given it Monday Night Football in years. I mean, that was... That was a big boy game. Uh, as of record, I haven't watched the Colts-Texan game yet. Uh, Looking at the line. I mean, he was good again. Now the Texans stink. But, I mean, he's playing good football. Uh, so I just think you, uh, you just keep rolling with it. He hasn't thrown any picks. He looks healthier by the week. Uh, big game this week against the Niners. It's Sunday night football. So just a lot of people are going to be watching. Their record's not that good. But they are not, you know, with him healthy... They're a solid team. I I think the way he's playing now, if they could restart the season, they would win nine or ten games. Think this is the real reason LSU is parting ways with Ed O. Since the divorce, he has been chasing tail like a 19-year-old college kid. A lot of rumors. I, they're not rumors. I mean, it's clear that he was... Uh, I saw a headline today bringing girls he was dating, a lot of younger women, uh, their kids to practice and letting them in drills, uh, you know, anytime you get a divorce at that age and have that type money, you know, you're 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 fishing in a probably a little different pond than you did way back in the day, right? And so I, I think Ed O is famous and rich, and those things usually, you know, make your your options. What what Chris uh, Rock once famously say, "You're only as faithful as your options," which is not true. You know, I, listen, I, I'm not married. But I know some people that are very well off and very happy relationships. To me, a relationship is not based on money, is not based on success, is not based on anything. It's based on the two people. And do you keep growing together? And clearly, you know, Belichick got a divorce. He, you know, has cougar Linda now. Ed Ogeron hasn't settled down. But I mean, anytime you have your Ed Ogeron, you're 60 years old, and you get a picture that goes viral of you in the bed, like, listen, you're allowed to sleep with whoever you want. I'm pro-sex, I'm pro-dating, you can do whatever you want, but when you got a girl that looks like she's 25, and you're in her bed, or maybe she's in your bed, I don't know, and she's taking selfies, and it goes viral, like, it's not a great look, you are, you know, an eight, nine million dollar employee, maybe Ed made a little less, but you're the head coach at LSU, a top five program in the country, you're a national champion, like, there are different standards, you know, I, I don't expect you to be Nick Saban, and never have any issues and be m- married to Miss Terry for 40 years or whatever. You know, I think Pete Carroll had a divorce and there were always rumors about him in L.A. You c- you're allowed to do whatever you want, but you got to be smart about it. And clearly Ed O. was not being smart about it. Maybe he just didn't give a shit. Uh, maybe he didn't handle his single celebrity very well. Not, not everyone can handle that. Like there, There's a probably a good chance 30 years ago Ed O. wasn't the uh, the pick of the litter everywhere he went. <laughs> Right now, it's probably a different game. We'll see how it happens once he's fired, but he'll have a lot of money. So, yeah, I know a lot of ugly rich guys that are doing just fine. But Edo, like, that that stuff is just not going to fly. In Southern Values, you know, you can't just be running around bringing girls in the facility. I saw some Pete Dammel wrote, players were like, it was kind of getting ridiculous. When 19-year-old players are saying that, um, it's definitely a problem because they don't care. Like, where I come from, we celebrate, you know, unless you're, like, sleeping, you know, your wife, we your friends, or whatever. Once you get divorced, you're single, you can do whatever the hell you want. But, when you have a big boy job that is public, you gotta be smart about it. Jimbo Fisher got a divorce. He's, it looks like he's married now. We're in a serious relationship. And, you know, no issues. He went through that little phase, you know, that midlife crisis with some Eddie Hardy t-shirts. He doesn't shave. Uh, but, you just... You got to be a pro about it, right? Uh, wanted to submit a question for the mailbag. Watching the Patriot games, it seems like Mac Jones' ceiling might be Baker Mayfield. Should I be worried as a Pats fan? Uh, no, because you have a good enough coach, and he's, the problem with Baker Mayfield is now his contract's about to be up. So it's like, do you have to pay him? Mac Jones, given what you're paying him, like, you're in good shape. You can win with Mac Jones. But yeah, my, my whole deal was like, do you want... Baker Mayfield or Mac Jones in the top fifteen, and I'd say Baker May like is Mac Jones ever going to be as good as ba- Baker Mayfield has a better arm than Mac Jones. I do think Mac Jones a better athlete, um, but yeah, I mean I I'm I'm not into low ceiling quarterbacks. I that's just not my style. <laughs> I mean I was I I come from when I was at Fresno State we recruited Derek Carr. When I got to Andy Reid he benched Kevin Cobb immediately for Michael Vick. Uh, I mean the quarterbacks that I gravitate to are freaks. <laughs> I like big arm guys. I'm a, I'm a big arm guy, right? I don't have one, but those are the quarterbacks that I like, you know, unless I would say the one weak arm, weaker armed quarterback. I mean, I grew up on Steve Young, but he was also a freak athlete and the most accurate quarterback in the history of the league. He's more accurate than Drew Brees because he played a different, in a different league than Drew Brees. And no one would take Drew Brees over Steve Young. So that, that would be the one weaker arm quarterback I like. I mean, Peyton Manning, but those guys are outliers. I mean, I like Tom Brady's, Mahomes, Favre's, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Josh Allen's, even Lamar's got a pretty good arm. So Herbert, you know, I I like big arm guys because it gives you, here's my logic behind it, in January and even in late in December and depending on where you're playing, like when I worked for the Eagles, it got cold right now. I wore shorts today, it's still warm in California. But in a lot of places, around middle to late October, weather changes. So in November and December, wind comes, rain comes, snow comes. It, you you need a stronger arm to pierce the wind. Now, you got to be a good, accurate quarterback. But that's what I look for in quarterbacks. So Mac Jones wasn't really my style, even though good kid, smart, can read defenses. Like, he brings a lot to the table. Will he ever be as good as Kirk Cousins? I mean, Kirk Cousins is pretty good right now. Bengals fan from Kentucky. I went to a Bengals game when I worked for the Eagles. Stayed, I think, across the uh I, I don't know what the river there is, the Ohio River. Uh and that's probably not what the river is. But I remember I think I stayed in Louisville. Is that close? My my geography might be a little off, but it was really fun. I, I went there Saturday during the day, went out at night, went to the Bengals game the next day. Stadium's old, but it was I enjoyed my time there. Unless you want to discuss the angle of why Joe Brady should be in Cincinnati. Really just wanted to say, love the show, dude. Love getting stoned. And just listen to your takes. Good escape for the day. I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I here's the problem for you getting Joe Brady. is I, I'm not the biggest Zach Taylor guy, uh, but he's doing a good job this year. They're four and two. They're playing good football. Like, they have played really good football. I mean, they easily could be five and one. I mean, they, they were multiple missed kicks away from beating the Packers, so... You're probably stuck with Zach Taylor, but as long as you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, their defense is playing well. You, you got to give them uh, give them some credit. Massive fan of the pod, starting an NBA one with my buddies. What editing software do you use? Well, I'm lucky. I, I don't do this all on my own. I record the uh, the podcast into GarageBand. I have a Zoom. It's called a Zoom, and I plug my mic. Which is like a mic you could use if you were like singing songs or something. It's got an auxiliary cord, and then that has a USB thing, and it plugs into my uh, my computer. But I send it off to my guy Mike, and he edits it from there. But but the sound quality just goes through a Zoom. I use a you know a, a real mic that you would get in a studio. Not when you get the over the counter mics, the USB mics, your sound is not going to be as good. So anyone that wants to do audio stuff. You have to find a way to get the plug-in mics. And then use a... I, I use a Zoom. They're not cheap. You know, I think it was three $400. But, you know, when you're when you're a podcaster, you write that shit off. But the, the, the USB mics are easy to get, but the sound quality. As someone who's been in this podcast game now since about 16, first couple years, the sound wasn't great. And that was just because I had average equipment. So my number one key would get a good mic. Avoid USB mics. In the, this, you know, I just I have an Apple computer and I use GarageBand. So, uh, every favored team is covering right now. Uh yeah. Well, the Raiders. When did you send this? Four fifty. The Raiders were an underdog. Uh, I don't know if that's right. The Rams, the Bengals, uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, you may be right. I have to think about that. I don't think Jay Glazer, Adam Silver, or I mean, Adam Schefter or anyone would do that to Gruden. I think you are 100% correct. Someone wanted him out. I mean, there are a lot of people that have said things in the past that finally catch up to them now. It's just the way society views something at the present. Someone was at the receiving end of those emails. They're not correct for letting those comments slide, but why now? Well, I think why now is because they did the investigation. So they did an investigation in the football team, and they had 650,000 emails. Well, to my knowledge, the you have to get a law firm to go through them all. The league does an investigation. Washington football team does an investigation. But if I'm Dan Snyder, I'm not going to tell him myself. You know, I don't think the league wants to, you know, what are they going to, like, what do they get out of it by leaking Dan Snyder? He's not going anywhere. So then you get Gruden. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this on last podcast. Uh. Roger Goodell's brother is a homosexual. So he's using these words. He's calling Roger that. That I I could see if you're Roger, maybe just don't like him. You know, who knows about their interactions in the past? Uh, They they legitimately just might not like each other. So it could just be that simple. Now, you know, I I think it also could just be the the law firm that linked it. I I, I don't know. That's a hell of a question. Visalia native, Cal Poly alumni. Uh, business school, admin, graduate in 2005. That's impressive. Two questions. How much could Mark Davis sell the Raiders stadium and his assets for? Well, he doesn't own the stadium. The city does. But I think right now, if you put Vegas on the open market, Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers, $2.2 billion, I think the Raiders at minimum are getting double that. Las Vegas, no state income tax. The stadium is already paid for through the... Uh, you know, through the taxes that they, you know, the way they paid for the stadium was they just taxed the rooms. So when you go to Vegas and you stay at the MGM, the Aria, the Cosmo, wherever, you look like your bill, let's say you go on a weekend, your bill's $300 for the night. Well, if you look, there's a lot of different charges. It's not, the room might be $120, $180. And then there are all these other chargers. And one of the charges right now is the stadium fee. So you don't have to pay anything for it. The brand, the city, I think, you know, I think they'd get $5 billion. (laughs) I really do. Firestone or Hygara or Bulldog Grill? Uh, I say Firestone. Like I said, Firestone and uh, the doghouse. Firestone's in San Luis. The doghouse is in in Fresno. Same exact restaurant. Best tri-tip sandwich in America. I say that very confidently, too. And I know we got some people in the South and Texas and people live in Kansas City. The tri-tip sandwich, best in America. The Billingsley family, they make an elite product. They also make a lot of money. Uh, Antonio Brown, he said Big Ben was trash. He said Juju was nothing without him, and he called John Gruden a racist. He was really ahead of his time. I thought this tweet about the thing Antonio Brown had said about Ben Gruden, Shannon Sharp, a couple years ago could be more seriously now. And wanted to hear your thoughts. P.S., love the show. Browns fan here. Thoughts on the AFC North? Well, I think you guys are in trouble. <laughs> I think the Brownies are in big, big trouble. They have a bunch of injuries. The quarterback's hurt. He's not playing that well. All your running backs are injured. Turns out uh, Kareem Hunt didn't tear his Achilles and what it looks like. He just pulled a calf. But he's going to miss some time. Um, you know, the Steelers just can ugly the game up. And I just think they're going to be right around 8, 9, 10 wins. So, you know, the Ravens probably end up winning that division by three or four games. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, I don't know. When Antonio Brown did say those things, I think we all thought he was crazy. And I still do think he went through, like, we all witnessed it. It was insane. Like, I, I was, I mean, obviously I live in the Bay Area. When he was, the Raiders hadn't moved to Vegas yet, they were still practicing at Napa. He flew in on a hot air balloon with burnt feet. Like, that was insane. They cut him before the first game. I'll never forget his OTAs. I had a couple of buddies on the staff. They're like, you should see this guy. Then the Raiders tweeted out a video from OTAs. And it was, it looked like, I mean, he was, so, now their team wasn't as good back then, but holy moly, he was kicking everyone's ass. I Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, sometimes the craziest people are right, right? You know, sometimes the conspiracy theorists, 30, 40, 50, 10 years later, proved to be right. You know, some might say a lot of that's going on in society now. I know it's very unlikely, given the countless options he has and the overall dysfunction of the Raiders. If you're Mark Davis, don't you do everything to get Peyton Manning to take your president, GM, really whatever he wants. The instant respect you would bring the organization is invaluable. Someone that understands business and obviously football, I'd give him complete control, would take an astronomical amount of money, money which I'm sure doesn't have. Well, I actually might have saved it now with Gruden gone. I just think under no circumstances, and I mean literally zero, uh, Peyton Manning would ever work for Mark Davis. I, I, I just don't think that's even an option. Now, if Mark were to go and Jeff Bezos or you know some David Tepper type guy took over the Raiders, I would say that would be... I wouldn't say it would be in play because I don't know if he's interested in doing that right now, but it would be more in play than... He's not working for Mark Davis. It's just not happening. Does Mark Davis look scarily too much like John Madden? DNA test. Seriously, goofy looking guy. Yeah, John Madden got hired in the early seventies. Mark's like sixty-eight years old. I, I think Mark was born in the fifties, so I, you know, John Madden would have been at like he actually coached at Cal Poly back in the sixties. So I, I don't think that uh, Al's wife Carol, who's still alive, I don't. I, I think he was Al's kid. In fairness to Mark. I My couple interactions with Mark over the years used to go to training camp and we would get set up right there by the inside the ropes and he would come bullshit. He was really down to earth and a cool owner in terms of an owner, right? Most owners, super, super rich. They just struggled to talk to normal people and that was not his problem. But the league views him as the weak link, you know? And I think sometimes like I always feel like I'm beating up on the guy. My interactions personally, he couldn't have been any cooler. Now, he didn't always agree with what I would say on the Raiders postgame, but it's his team. I get it. They were terrible. I mean, what the hell was I supposed to say? But in my personal interactions with them, I really liked them. And I think most people would. But the leagues, the elites, you know, sometimes the elites don't like the common guy. And I think they look at the Raiders as just like it's such a – it has so much potential, right? And I don't think they feel he maximizes it. Uh, big fan, if you ever pod from Israel. Wow. If you're ever here, visit. I'd love to buy you a beer. I'd love to go to Israel one day. Uh, I don't think I'm coming anytime soon, but if I'm there, I'd love to have a beer in Israel. Which non-quarterbacks do you think are most blatantly head and shoulders above their teams? Meaning an absolute stud on a really shitty team. My pick would be Cordero Patterson on the Falcons. I've watched only a handful of plays from them this year, and it seems like, Almost every big play, it feels like he deserves a much better team. Well, he's been on good teams. I mean, he's been on playoff-level teams. I watched him with the Raiders, the Bears, the Patriots. You know, I think sometimes when you're on a really, really shitty team, you just get more options. Like, if you put Patterson on the Bucks, he's not going to look as sweet, right? If you put him with DK and Tyler Lockett, he probably wouldn't get as many reps. He's a very talented player. He's probably one of the better athletes in the league. But, you know, sometimes when you're, it's like an NBA player, if I just go on the worst NBA team and I'm a, and I'm like a fringe all-star, I can score 25 points. It doesn't mean I'm a top 20 player in the league. Right? Like Darren Waller, for example, on the Raiders is way better than Cordero Patterson. Right? Uh, I, I would say if you just kind of go... Like, I, I wouldn't take him over most sweet skill guys. Like, I'd rather have Dalvin Cook. I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb. I'd You know, I'd rather have... You start going around the league. I'd rather have uh, DJ Moore. Hell, I'd rather have Calvin Ridley than Corderell Patterson. And that's not... Like, I like Patterson. CP84 is what I call him. So this means John Gruden going to be calling a couple plays for Alabama in a couple years? Yeah, I've had some time to think about it because I think last week we all thought his career's over. I I just don't think you can ever say that. The way society works, we forgive and we forget. We move on. uh, Some of us sooner than others. Like i I don't I don't even care. Like it just takes a lot to bother me. It really has to be personal or my family, because I think most people that pretend to be offended, I'm not talking about John Gruden specifically, but just like when you th- see everyone freaks out on the internet, do they really care? Because I don't think most people do. The John Gruden thing, it's gonna be the employer., uh, you know, it's gonna be very tough sell. <laughs> so I, I I don't think he's ever coaching in the NFL again. Now, could he coach in college? I I think you you would never say never, but he's so rich. He's probably you know early. He's probably fifty-five now. I guess he would have been mid-thirties in the Al Davis late nineties, early yeah. So he's fifty-five-ish. I don't know. I don't know. There are probably certain areas of the country that are much more open to that. It would be the SEC if it was going to be anywhere. Could he be a head coach? You know, he wasn't a good head coach. That was the thing. Like, he, it wasn't going that well with the Raiders. He didn't come in to the, and take the league by storm. If anything, he looked like, think about his own division. He was, if you did a draft right now, the only coach in his own division he would get it taken over would probably have been Vic Fangio. But if I said, well, you could have, you could have like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, but you get Vic Fangio. As your defensive coordinator, or would you rather have John Gruden as your head coach? I'd be like, well, give me an offensive coach with Vic Fangio. Hell, Vic Fangio is my guy Nagy's defensive coordinator, and they went 12 and 4. So is he a better head coach than Vic? Yes. <clears throat> I would everyone in the league would rather have Brandon Staley, and of course Andy Reid would go in a heartbeat in a coach draft. So I, I just think part of the problem with John Gruden was turns out he wasn't really that good. Is there something going on in Kansas City? Seems like the wheels are coming off a little bit. Now that Thune's out, I think the chances to miss the playoffs are even higher. I think everyone just needs to take a deep breath. They'll be fine. Mahomes is too good. Andy's too good. They have defensive problems. They they don't have that much talent on defense. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, this is what having an all-time great quarterback. You're going to win 10 games. So yeah, this season might go off the rails a little bit for their standards. They've been used to winning 14, 15 games, being the one seed, and going to the Super Bowl hosting the AFC Championship game, right? Have they hosted the AFC Championship game three years in a row? Yeah, they've hosted three years in a row. So when you host three the AFC Championship game three years in a row, think how good you've been. Lost the Patriots because of D4. Next year they win it. Last year they won it. So that's three straight years of hosting the AFC Championship game. The Patriots didn't host the AFC Championship game every year. I remember they went to play the Broncos one year on the road, I think actually they did that multiple times, um, if I remember correctly. So it's just yeah. I mean, you if if your worst year is like ten and seven, eleven and six, it's weird. You got the new math now with the seventeen games, but you know you got you got a good thing going. I would take Patrick Mahomes <laughs> against anybody. He's still pretty damn good. I watched that game this morning on the on the stair stepper, and you know it was a tight game at halftime, and then he just flipped a switch. He, is, he had a play in the second half that was just, I'm the best player in the world. <laughs> it was one of those type plays. You're like, I don't know how many guys have this in the back. He's a stud. Andy's a stud. They'll be fine. Uh, that'll do it. Okay. You guys know the drill. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up into those direct messages. and uh, And yeah, have a week, everybody. And I will talk to everyone soon. Godspeed.